You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast is presented by mybookie.ag and that if you use the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K, that you will get a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit. And given that you are a listener to this podcast, I would assume you're relatively knowledgeable about sports and I would trust you to try your edge on the online sports book. You can lay down some money and get in on the action at one of the safest online sports books in the world. It's the only one that I am currently using. You can wager on all sorts of different outcomes on mybookie.ag, soccer, football, any major league, esports. You can even create your own player props, which is useful for me because if you know anything about me, I do enjoy uh, a good player prop. So if you deposit using the promo code MATTEK, M-A-T-T-E-K, you get a you get a 50% de- bonus when you deposit and i will add this for listeners of the takecast if you deposit using the promo code matic and you send proof of it to me on twitter i will follow you on twitter and you can have access to me via dms whenever you want that's the that's the takecast bonus that i'm adding in association with the mybookie.ag deposit bonus now let's get back to the show Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Take Cast. On this episode, I have one of my good Twitter pals, Mike Gallagher from Roto World, on the show. Uh, we kind of just get into some general basketball talk, you know, the Warriors, the Rockets, the Lakers, LeBron, kind of the whole deal. Not a ton of super actionable information, just a you know a larger discussion of basketball, its place in American society, the wave of analytics, and uh, some more specific analysis of the teams as well. I think it's a really good episode. I think you guys will enjoy it. If you only listen to the football episodes, I still think that this is definitely a worthwhile episode for you to give a listen to. Uh, Hope you guys enjoy it. Please, uh, if you have not already, leave a rating and review on iTunes. You have no idea how much that helps. It's a a huge deal. Uh, So just please do that for me. If you you care at all, that's better, even really than putting money in my pocket. And uh, without further ado, let's uh, enjoy the episode. All right, everyone would like to welcome my buddy, Mike Gallagher, to the podcast. How you doing, man? Pretty good, man. Enjoying Summer League. Uh, about to slow down the NBA a little bit, nonstop free agency finals, but it's going to start to cool down. So, Well, that's the, that's, that's the big thing for the NBA. It's a, it's a 12-month season. Like that's, yeah. that's their big edge over the NFL. The NFL has these giant dead spots where nothing interesting happens for months at a time, and the NBA, it's, it's constant. Yeah, August, that's about it. You get to chill. I usually go away for a week or two weeks in August. But besides that, like, there's stuff to do all, all the time. And even sometimes in August, like we actually got lucky this off season with LeBron deciding quickly. But there's Good, been there's been off seasons in the past where uh, you know, Durant has hijacked the off season before and then I believe the um 
the heat year. What what day did the decision happen? It was later in July. Uh, it, was, right? it, was, it was July sixth or seventh, so it was kind of earlier. But yeah, LeBron's usually pretty good. This year he was exceptionally good. But thankfully, it wasn't on July fourth to like ruin our plans because we had Durant two years ago, Hayward last year. Last year yeah. I was I was working like I was just um it was July fourth and like I worked for Rotor World and I had to watch the news. And I was like watching the news at a pool party and everyone's like going crazy and I was like oh Hayward Chris Haynes had broken and I was like oh no I can lose I gotta start working again. I like do you do you remember where you were and what you were doing for all of the LeBron decisions? Because I I do I I yeah. have a hundred percent clarity of where I was every time LeBron changed teams. Yep, it's the uh, same kind of deal. And, it's, and, and Durant, I remember refreshing my Durant. When Durant went down, I was chilling on my bed. I live in the West Coast. And, like, I, ref- I had Durant on notifications. I had player shipping on notifications. I got all these things. I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. And finally did. So, it's, cr- like, it's crazy how, like, these guys just change our lives. Like, and even, it's like, LeBron leaving Cleveland, like, that's a bad financial move for Cleveland. It's crazy. Because like, they're going to lose so much money downtown and businesses and stuff because Cleveland – their their economy is based on LeBron James. It's crazy, dude. So so every time every time he leaves, it's it's this giant, you know, it's this giant. But you know, his the time his next contract is done, his decision is not going to have the same influence in the NBA. Isn't that kind of crazy that this is the last time that his decision is going to swing the balance of power in the NBA? Like that's pretty wild. I don't know about that though, man. I I, I talk about this a lot. How long until LeBron's like? Not a top five player. I would say the end of this contract, three okay, plus yeah. one. I would say I would say four years is the point where I kind of envision him becoming like the Carl Malone, the Lakers. Like he'll play if he if he so chooses. LeBron could play twenty five minutes a night, probably until he's like fifty. Well, I, yeah, I, I, I truly believe that. I agree. I agree. Um, I've been saying five six years. So I think after this contract, he'll still have a little bit of cachet, but. Um, yeah, man, like this is definitely the one where this is going to be his last like top three or four players. He t- he uh, takes such insanely good care of his body. Right, that's the thing. Like I was like, oh, we have, no one's ever done it before. Like, yeah, no one's ever done this before. So it's kind of like you know, it's a two way street where he's just like insane, dude. Like we saw Adrian Peterson bounce back from ACL. Like, oh yeah, people don't come back from ACLs that fast. Like, yeah, you've never seen Adrian Peterson. I hope that I hope that LeBron has some sort of performance enhancing something, some sort of thing that he's taking or doing that allows him to play forever. Because like, there's just nothing like watching that dude play basketball. Yeah, I love LeBron and the Warriors, man. I'll watch them all day, every day. Sixty point blowout. I don't care. I'll watch them regardless. So that's uh, I think that's a good place for us to start our discussion because I think you and I are both on team the Warriors are not bad for the NBA and they're still enjoyable to watch. Completely. Um, multiple for okay the, the Warriors are going to sell wherever they go, um, so that's good for even just carryover for other teams. And okay, the Warriors are one team out of thirty. Like people who play DFS, like you're really not going to play about one team being awesome. But um, yeah, I. I I hate that whole Warriors ruin the NBA thing. Like, especially for us fantasy people, like we care more about the regular season, if not more, than the playoffs. So, what fantasy has done and what other things have done, the NBA is in the best place it's ever been. Like the amount of money these dudes are making, the amount of money the NBA pulls in, like multiple billions of dollars over and over and over again. It's just. It's awesome. Uh, I'm not going anywhere for a very, very long time. It is, and even though. Durant leaving the Thunder, you know, the team I rooted for as long as they were there, it definitely made me care 
way less about sports in terms of like wins and losses. Like I, I consider like, I still root for the thunder. I still like the thunder. I still ride for Westbrook, mm-hmm. but like I just, every sport you universally, I just care less now, but I do. I, I can't even be mad about the choices that Durant is making. And I'm not, I'm certainly, I'm certainly not one of these people who's, who's furious that cousins signed with the warriors either. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's your own fault. If you didn't sign him, like based on what Mark Spears was reporting that they didn't even have, like offers um, that may or may not be true, but yeah, like five point three million. That's you couldn't. I mean, it's a good deal. It gets to apply in the championship and recover and get one more big payday before you turn thirty. So yeah, it's it's awesome. They're going to be insane, man. And like to what you're saying, like I used to love baseball, football, and basketball pretty equally maybe yeah. like five six years ago. And like now, I'm like. I used to watch baseball. I, my it, baseball intake has gone down every single year, just because it's not as good of a product as basketball is, and even football too, for pretty much off-field reasons. Um, but yeah, the NBA is so so good right now, and I'm obviously biased, but it, it's insane. no, it, it is though. The NBA is actually good right now. Like, there's a lot of marquee players, and I think people who are alarmist the other direction, saying that the balance of power is no good. I think the people who really care about basketball, anyways, don't care about that. And I think the casual fan, I, I, I think that the casual fan actually loves the Warriors' dominance. I think the casual fan loves the Patriots. I think the casual fan loves dynasties. And, and the Warriors are one. And also, worth pointing out, I think the Warriors run, it's, I think the clock has officially started. That, that is my opinion. That the, the clock on the Warriors' countdown is officially started. Do you think that Durant dips out after? I think Durant is a mortal lock to leave in the next three years. He might sign another one-year contract after his one is up, but Durant is a weird dude. If you you listen to what people say about him, people who – in Oklahoma City, people in Golden State, what people say on podcasts about him, I don't think anyone really knows Kevin Durant. Like, there's all sorts of weird stuff about this guy. He argues with teenagers on Instagram – People even forget this. He was engaged to be married to a WNBA player and then like called it off like a week before. And like, he's a weird guy. He's, yeah, he's pretty unstable. Like if based on like this person, I've heard horror stories too. Um, with, like mean people, but I'm not going to say, but, um, Wow. he's good. It's all, it's all I care about. But he's, yeah, a, I think he's an amazing I, basketball player, but I just don't think he has the, I don't even not even a stability unstability thing. I just think he right. has no desire to stay in Golden State until he retires. I think that the LeBron thing is like, oh yeah, you join a championship team, it's going to get him eventually. Like this dude has burner accounts. Like he openly admitted to that. Like he definitely is affected by how the media talks about him. He's going to get it worse than ever before. No, he is, and that's this all kind of ties into a big theme that we've talked about on a lot of episodes of this podcast, which is just that right now. American sports, I think, in general have a problem, which is that no one no one cares about baseball, right? Like, do you do you know anyone in your day-to-day life who would say baseball is their favorite sport? Yeah. I probably know two or three people who would say that, but they, they probably do not vote that way with their wallet, I would guess. My brother, for sure, um, and one of my other good friends as well. Like, for sure, that baseball is their jam. Okay. So that's that is a higher number than most people who I've asked that question. To. Uh, I could probably, but those are like two of like my close circle of friends. Two of them yeah. are bigger than baseball friends, but I know people who. Well, not so much out here in Arizona, but um, you know, upper. If you're not a football person, and 
I guess to take it to like a socioeconomical thing, like most white white people like baseball more than oh, white people definitely like baseball more than basketball. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a factor as well. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely declining. Like you know, when the McGuire Sosa thing was going down, like everybody loved baseball. But um, yeah, it's it's trending down. Like I've I've watched the fewest amount of baseball games I've watched probably my entire life, man. Like I used to watch every every day. I'd spend at least three four hours watching baseball. This year, almost zero, dude. I, I've, I been to, I've been to one game. I've probably watched five games. Like, I even have MLB TV. Like, I even have the yeah, thing. I have it too. I, 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 should, I, should have, I should have got it. I wasted my money on it. Yeah. Like, but, I, uh, I, I've had it every year probably for, like, five or six years. And this year, I, I think I, I like, bet on a, a Coors game. I, like, bet on a game in Coors, and I wanted to watch it. And I think that's the only time I turned it on the whole year. Yep, that's better for you. And someone said that um, I forget who it was, but someone was like, "Oh, the Panthers owner." He was like, "Yeah, gambling. Yeah, Tepper. Not, yeah um, gambling's not good for sports." Like, uh, dude, what? Like, how that sounds? No, and I think yeah. that is that's an edge the NBA has. So, so this is also a question I ask a lot of guests, which is that you know the game of professional basketball is coming closer and closer to being a solved game right like the Houston Rockets style where it's it's layups and it's threes and you and i probably have no problem with that from like a visual like an aesthetic perspective but i would say the casual fan probably does not like that as much so do you view do you view that as like an inherent issue with basketball going forward that that the the mathematically correct style of playing the game does not appeal to the casual viewer as much. I don't think so, man. I think I love seeing three pointers. Sure, like, I, I love it coming off screen. Like I think the more you appreciate the game, the more you like this new style. But by the same token, like the Memphis Grizzlies and the Magic are clearly two teams that are not into this. They want to go big. Even J.B. Bickerstaff himself, the coach of the Grizzlies, is like, yo, um, you guys play your way, we'll play ours. We're going to play slow. We're going to pass the ball as much as we can. We're going to milk the clock, get you out of position as much as we can in a 24-second shot clock. And, like, teams are going to go their own way about it. And, like you said, obviously, the, the numbers say three is worth more than two, to put it in simple terms. And getting the line um, is good. So that's why you get close shots. That's why, you know, putting guys in foul trouble, getting the bonus early. There's so many positives for doing that. But, um it's still – I don't really – I think it's – I mean, I, I think the NBA is better than ever, like, just as far as, like, visually pleasing goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I got, if I ever get in an Uber with a, uh, a guy, obviously I start talking about basketball. And, like, the yeah. older guys are like, oh, yeah, I don't like the, the way they're playing now. I like the way where it's more one-on-one. And, like, I don't know, dude. Like, it's a team sport, you know? And I just think that's, that's a more of a, a positive than anything else. Well, what I what I get in the Midwest is they just you know they don't play defense. Yeah, I hate that. That's that's the one I get, and it's and it's of course it's not true, and of course it's obviously racist. Like there's just all these <laughs> racist overtones, nice. and then and then it's also just that you know in this in the '90s games were seventy to sixty five, just yeah. because it was the awful gross you know, 18 footers and, and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was this horrible, unappealing style. Like if you've ever met someone who says that that's their favorite era of, of basketball, they're just lying to you. Yeah, it wasn't good. basketball. Other, other reason they really just don't know the game very well. But yeah. It's harder like, to defend, man. Like, do you see all these crazy complex plays that people run? And like I said, multiple times, like to run the switch, everything defense, that's hard on your brain, man. 
Like you gotta be locked in. You can't like snooze for like a half second. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, basketball is just so hard to play now. Um, that's why we see such a. It's a great game, man. I love it. Yeah, it is. It is a great game, and and something that I think that it has in common with the sport that I believe will. I think. I think. First of all, I think that soccer is going to be the most popular sport in the United States. My guess is like twenty five years. I, I think that it's I, a long view right there. It's a long view, but my my thinking is, and I've said this a lot on this on this podcast, so I'm not going to go too in depth. But just, I think baseball is dying. I think that the NFL is clearly starting to go in a way that people my age and millennials are starting to go away from it because because of some of the political stuff, because of the concussions, because the players are, themselves are not as marketable because they have helmets on. It's a very obvious thing. And I think that soccer captivates the imagination better because anything can happen because the game is so low scoring. Like there's just a, a, a ton of variance that can happen in 90 minutes because the game is so low scoring. But like I Brazil, do. Think, if you take out the two goals that Belgium scored against Brazil, like took that out of the video, like you would yeah. assume Brazil won by like thirty. Or, yep. You know what I mean? Like three or four. But um, yeah, just magical plays, man. That's why we watch soccer. I love. I I don't watch soccer except for the World Cup. But man, I am. I am. I legit haven't missed a game. Uh, I don't tweet about it, but I watch every World Cup game. Yeah, it's it's like and it, I said every. Well, I have two TVs on. Like I watch them when they were both going on. Like I'm obsessed. Like any. Anyone, I think, who actually does like sports and doesn't just like this tertiary stuff around it sits down and watches a game of soccer, I think would enjoy it because there's just a lot going on. And there's a lot going on that you don't understand, like a lot of the movement off the ball For and sure. stuff. It yeah. takes it takes some time to get it. Timing of runs and not sure. running two guys at the same time and like all that stuff, yeah. And, and I think it when that stuff becomes a little bit more mainstream – like when when instead on sports center if like like little stuff like even explaining how the movement off the ball created a goal on a top 10 highlight like little stuff like that starts to permeate like the overall culture i just think that makes everyone enjoy watching the games like 5% more maybe but yeah. the reason that i think this ties into basketball is i think both games are really great examples of how the manipulation of space is that that's the whole sport the whole sport of soccer and the whole sport of basketball really is the manipulation of space. And I, I, I do see 25 years from now, those being the two big sports. I, I don't think the NFL as currently constructed where you either, you feel gross watching it as someone with a conscience who knows the political stuff and the injury stuff going on, or you're completely the other way. And you're like a make America great again, monster who like is, and I think that that generation dies off and, and definitely loses purchasing power. I hope so. By the way, everyone go out and uh, register for voting. If you yeah, know. please, everyone, please <laughs> make sure to register and vote. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. definitely. I, no, that, that's a, those are great points, man. And like, yeah, it's a team team games, man. Like, I love team games. Like baseball, I obviously appreciate um, you know strategy and that pitching and pitchers counts, hitters counts, and all that. But like, it's really not that. Like, once you kind of get it, it's kind of figured out. But um, yeah, like it's just so much stuff going on. Like I. I feel it's just I learned so much when I watch soccer, man. Um, as a casual fan, uh, it's just really cool. And like you said, it's team games are way better, more entertaining. That's not true. Tennis is awesome. Tennis but, is um, tennis is great too, but tennis is also another game that's about the manipulation of space. Yeah, about, oh for sure. It's about it's getting the most, probably the most more, more yeah. than the other ones. 
Um, yeah, I, I actually, so DraftKings just added tennis for Wimbledon. And nice. so, so that this was the, not the first time, but this is the most I've ever paid attention from like the round of 28 on to a tennis tournament. And it was fantastic watching it all the way through. Yeah, I haven't watched a lot lately because it's summer league. But um, yeah, Wimbledon's such a great, great event, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so with with that theory, future of basketball, where do you see? Like, what is a big trend you see emerging that does not exist or that is just starting to exist? You you could take a long view, twenty five years. You could take five years. Give me give me your trends in basketball that you think are just now becoming apparent or that could become apparent. I mean, we hit on a good amount of them. Um, I think I don't think the three-point line is going to go away. Like, I think that thing's here to stay because the analytics factors are just, like, the reasons I said it. Like, it just makes sense to play that way. Um, Do you think they might move it back? There's been, there's been, a, there's been a little man. bit of – there's been a little talk about that. I mean, it's still if, – maybe if it starts to not do well and they really are concerned about, like, the competitive balance, then sure. But everything Adam Silver said, like – if you think that they don't really care about that, like they're totally fine with the way it is. And I think they may like, so the war is like Chico on the salary cap. That may be a factor, but um, I think they can maybe ease it up when they make the cap a little bit harder on teams. Cause obviously all these, what uh, the thunder almost had that $300 million payroll, which they're going to obviously drop the metal, but maybe just be a little bit more stringent on that. But overall, like, I think that we, what we see in the last three or four years, really since Steph, Steph Curry like, changed the game, man. He like, did. He really did. Um, really, the, the most significant thing that ever happened in the last 10 years of the NBA is Steph Curry having bad ankles and being willing to sign an undermarket yeah, extension. That's a great that, point. That, that is like truly the most revolutionary thing. in the Like if he just had healthy ankles, um, Steve Kerr might never have gotten that job. Yeah. Um, they probably they, they definitely don't sign Durant 100% Durant this is not signed. for sure no question and even um, if you remember Phil Jackson said they had a verbal agreement with Kerr to sign with the Knicks like it's crazy to think about that I didn't even know that yeah well he uh, Kerr denied it but like legit reporter like you know Chris Herring yeah Chris He's Herring the guy who said that he's like super legit he quoted Phil like it's it happened according to Phil whether Phil is lying, who knows? Sure. Or he's, you know, twisting the truth, but whatever. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, but actually, with the rotor one, we wrote a draft guide. I found it like four or five years ago, and it has like Curry, is he too fragile and all this? And it's like, uh, no, he's totally, totally legit. Uh, yeah, and like the culture they've created there is so, so cool, man. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think some of the cult, like like Bob Myers, both strikes me at the same time as like a genius and also like a dick. Like he's yeah. like he's like kind of in that sweet like VC zone where like he seems cool, but also he's so rich that you kind of hate him a little bit. Yeah, he's a baller, man. Like they just like him, and uh, Lake of Lake was a good owner too. Like he's Lake of's a great owner. Yeah, yeah. He like he's like he's he's he had a great interview on NBA TV. He says to Bob all the time, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to be better than last year. Like, how do you do better than, like, being said, like, oh, you know, they went 73 and 9. How do you get better? Hmm, let's get Kevin Durant. Oh, let's get Boogie Cousins. Like, it's just crazy. This team just always finds ways to. And also, what they also said, too, was, like, we want kind of a new storyline. And they have it. Every year they have a new storyline. Yeah, every year they, they figure something they out. Should, they, is- wanted to make, they wanted to make the new storyline, ooh, Jordan Bell, Kevon Looney, Young Biggs, and it just changed now. Um, they fell into their lap, man. It's crazy. 
some of the stuff they do is is not sharp though. Like like the the carrying of six centers last year, they could have used those roster spots. They, they kind of had to though. Like they had to cut Caspi, I think. So. They didn't want to cut Looney, and Looney looks legit. And they signed Looney cheap. That probably won't happen. So, in hindsight, I mean, there's really nothing they could have done, right? Yeah. I mean, so was like, okay, if we want to go way back, you're like, okay, you should have brought back Pat McCaw and not signed Nick Young. Like, you want to go back beyond that. But, but the but the players wanted him. The the everyone says that like Durant and Curry were like, no, we we want to sign Nick Young. Yeah, good to try. So, but I mean, overall, like I, they really haven't had any missteps, obviously, other than like. Draymond Green getting suspended uh, in the finals. Like, that's really all he can say. Other than that, they would have won four straight. So let's talk about their their biggest competitor right now. I I, I personally am kind was kind of up in arms when they let Ariza and Luke Richard and Bamuko. go. And I didn't get some one of my sharpest friends, Drew Dinkmeyer, was like, "Look, they these guys will find wings. That's kind of what that's kind of what they do." And uh, they, I think they found one. We'll talk about it in a sec, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, D- is that Daniil House? Uh, no, it's De'Anthony Melton. Let's hear it. Let's hear De'Anthony Melton. Yeah, he Melton. looks legit, man. They gave him high volume shooting. He's another guy who went with Drew Hanlon. Uh, Drew Hanlon crew. What up? Uh, Markel Fultz, Mo Bamba, Bradley Beal turned his career around. Like, he worked with so many dudes. And really, his three projects, just a quick tangent on Hanlon. Is like I said, Fultz, Bamba, and Melton were like his three new guys, and they all look like they're awesome. So like Drew Hanlon just has made himself so much money. He's like twenty nine or twenty eight, I think. Um, but yeah, Melton's nice, man. He's long. He had a time off because um, of his suspension for some bribery thing, but he looks super legit for the Rocket system. Like I would not be shocked if this guy is playing twenty three, twenty four minutes by like February. Like he looks really, really good. I mean, if, if, like even even more like Maury's super in his stats. He's like, yeah, he fell because we didn't have data on him, um, but like we knew we had to take him. So he looks so so good, man. Like Maury Maury is like he's like the he's like if someone from fantasy Twitter got to own a team. Like he, really, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love Maury. He also he also retweeted me the other day. I'm super proud about that. That's about pretty lit. Yeah, Hardenstein. Um, he's been balling out. So. That's actually you know what. That's probably the Harden trade for me. Probably even more so than Durant leaving. I was like, a, I remember where I was moment. Ugh. Lamb and Jeremy Lamb, Adams and those guys. Adams been solid though. Adams has been really good. Is, Jer- is Jeremy Lamb on an NBA team right now? Yeah. He's still in Charlotte. Yeah, he was minutes though. Yeah, he w- he was never that great. Yeah, he rebound. He had that one DFS fourteen rebound game. I remember. There was he was usable in Charlotte yeah. every now and then. Yeah. So the other team, the Lakers. Let's just, let's just say you're political. We didn't talk much about the Rockets. Do we think? Yeah, no. Let's I, keep going, Rockets. Yeah, I think they had besides LeBron, that doesn't count. Like they had the worst offseason, man. Like I think it's, I think it's pretty brutal what happened with them. They the is good, man, and the way they play with Bamute as their four. Like they've lost most of their minutes at the four. Like. Their best, their most used lineup with Bamute was like plus twenty point nine net rating. Um, obviously, they ran that uh, Bamute at the five. Chris Paul at the one with Harden on the bench. That was a huge staple for them. Um, so that's out now. Um, they haven't replaced him. Um, James Ennis is not a viable replacement. Um, they're going to be really hit at the four. Um, I think it's going to hurt them. Do you a think lot. that they have a viable partner to get rid of Ryan Anderson? No, 
Nobody wants that garbage. <laughs> I don't think he, you can't play. Like Ryan Anderson, you can't play with the five. You can't play with the four. Um, that was just that was one of the well, something made. even more disastrous is they liked to play PJ Tucker at the five in some of those. Yeah, games. I think that's a big takeaway. They're gonna have to do that more because that was good against Golden State. But but who do you play at the four then? Who's at, who's at the four when Ennis, PJ Tucker? I guess. I guess Ennis. It's like it's like Air, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they have really nobody else. They're just so thin and forward. They'll find somebody though. They they will find someone, but I think I I just think it's interesting that they push Golden State to seven, and it seems like this guy who bought the team, he was worth like I think two point five billion dollars, and he bought the team for two point three billion dollars, and it kind of it kind of just seems like maybe he bit off a little bit more than he can chew, and does not want to pay that much in tax to keep this team together. Yeah, that that feel like that could be the case, but I mean, who are they going to sign though? I think they should try to get Wayne Ellington. They well, they, they, could, they had the rights to match on Ariza, right? Um, no, he was, he was unrestricted. Capel okay. was restricted. So they apparently they, offered they, four. What could they, but they, I guess I shouldn't have said match, but they had the bird rights to Ariza so they could sign him yeah. being over the cap. Yeah, they could have definitely. But, that, I mean, for $15 million, they can't swing that. Like, no, if you're, if you're already paying the repeater tax, a $15 million contract is $60 million. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal, especially when you don't have Capella yet. And they they apparently offered Capella a horribly, like insulting offer, like what like Jokic got or, or what Nurkic got. Five, five for eighty five, excuse me. Yeah, and Capella like he could get a max probably. I would assume. Yeah, yeah. but no one really has that dough to throw at him. Like losing Ariza was rough, but if they didn't, if the Suns didn't sign sign Ariza. Well, then again, they probably wouldn't have since they signed the eighth base, picked up eighteen. But um, yeah, I mean, there's really no one that could throw big money at Capel unless like the the Hawks come out of nowhere or the Kings actually go after him. Like the Rockets should feel pretty good about signing him. It is. It is kind of brutal though that basically, I think this year is the year because Chris Paul is a 33 year old point guard with multiple knee injuries. Who, I mean. The tail end of the contract he just signed is going to be ugly. I compared it to Albert Pujols, where it's like the back end of that contract is going to be rough. But Chris Paul is like kind of anti Westbrook, where when he loses athleticism, I think I still think he'll be serviceable. So like, yeah, he's going to be what thirty seven at the end of that. He's yeah. thirty three now, so that's rough, man. Um, and with, especially with the injuries, like the leg injuries, man, like he's going to lose so much. He's going to have to play like old school YMCA basketball. It's going to be um, kind of a tough sight. But yeah, that, the last year of that deal is going to be a tough one. He'll at least be able to shoot, though. At the, at the very yeah. least, he can go in the corner and shoot threes. Yeah, but I mean, when you're going to pay him 40 mil, like to be, already, to be Wayne yeah, Ellington? Minutes, yeah, exactly. His minutes are trending. And he can pass, though, man. But, like, you look at his minutes just trending down, like, 36 in uh, 2012. So, going down 33, 35, 34, 32, 31, 31. So, like, he's already getting 30 minutes um, on the front end of his deal. So, like, and, and the game counts keep dropping too, man. Played 82 four years ago, 74, 61, 58. Like, those are bad trends. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um, so let's, yeah, let's their windows, their windows super small. It just shrunk even more. I just, I, I just kind. Of, I don't think they have a window, man. Like 
the Golden State's so better for this year for sure. I, I think their window is now just pushed back yeah. to when Durant leaves and when Harden is 31, I think. Yeah. I don't know what the – maybe their window's after Paul's contract. I don't know what it is. But and it, well, Harden won't be in his – Harden – Harden and LeBron will probably start shutting down at the same time, I think. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. Well, Harden is like one of those guys who everyone thinks is fat and and not athletic, but his athleticism is he like decelerates better than anyone in the NBA. Sure. That's like his like elite that is his elite skill that can't be taught that he just has inherently. Yeah, I looked at the stat um for the combine, they did the body fat percentage. I think he's like the only guard that is like still in the league that had over 10% body fat, which is insane. Um, point being like I'm trying to make is like people freaking out about Doncic being a little overweight, like chill dude. Uh, he'll be fine. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's 28. He'll probably start trending down at like what? 33, 34, 33, I guess. So it's, it's yeah, but he will, he will also, I, I have, supreme confidence that he will tailor his game to getting old not that i think he'll go into the gym and figure it out i just think that he's sort of one of like he's like one of those guys who i would like he's similar to like a 1980s pitcher where like all the dude did was drink beer and play golf but then once every five days he showed up and and just you know put a shift in that's like james harden like james harden does not have to work that hard at being great at basketball to be great at basketball He's been insanely durable. Like, game yeah. counts. He never gets hurt. 78, 73, 81, 82, 81, 72. Like, and minutes, 38, 38, 37, 38, 36, 35. So, like, he's just, he's rolling. And no serious injuries, too. So, I'm like Chris Paul. So, you're, you're Rob Palenka. You have you have the Lakers roster that you have. You have JaVale. You have Lance. You have Rondo. You have Ball. You have Ingram. You have Kuzma. You have Hart. You got the dang contract. You have the picks that you have. What are you doing in the next three years while LeBron James is under contract to get the Lakers to a finals to maximize this time that you have with LeBron James? Uh, first, I don't think LeBron's going anywhere for the rest of his career. I think he's going to play with the Lakers for the rest of his career. I, I, I imagine he will go back and play one more season in Cleveland. Really? I, I think that he hates Dan Gilbert, but he does love – I think more than anything, he loves the narrative that he brought a championship to Cleveland. That, For sure. That's all he cares about, though, I think. Yeah, but I, I do think he will go back and play one more season there. But I, I'm, not I, saying that. I'm, not, I'm not saying LeBron is a person, but like I think that him getting a championship for Cleveland is all he's done. He's, he played a great season last year. Like, yes. I don't, I don't, point being, I don't think he owes anything to Cleveland. No, he owes he owes nothing to Cleveland. I just think that that's his deal personally that he would like to go back and retire there. Yeah, I, I would I would disagree unless unless like he hates LA or something, which I don't think he will. Yeah, I I could totally see myself being I could totally see myself being wrong. Like I I think yeah. it probably even makes more sense for him to just play in LA for like five or six more years and then just call yeah. it quits. I think it'd be more likely him to go to Clippers be like, oh yeah, I want a team for a team that's been terrible. Like I think that's more likely than the Cleveland scenario. Do you think that he stays until his kid can play in the NBA? And that's I love that story. I think so, yeah. man. I, I think want him I want him to play with his kid. That would be against, yeah. Well LeBron's good he, um Bron Jr.'s thirteen yeah. So six more years, like LeBron's going to be playing in six years. Totally, he'll be playing in six years. Yeah, so I think it's going to be – like, that's crazy that um, like that's going to affect the draft, I think. Definitely like, it will. You would take LeBron Jr. if it helped your chances getting LeBron, like if you're picking high in the draft. Abs- I, absolutely. 
that's like not yeah that's not even a question for sure uh so i guess back to the original question you said um yeah man like i hate their offseason besides lebron obviously that's a huge thing to take out of the equation but like everyone knows like you put shooters around lebron like that's not breaking news and they put like terrible shooters around him so historically bad shooter what do you what do you make of the report that lebron was like look I don't want to have the ball in my hands all the time anymore. So these are the guys I want. Because what's happened is LeBron has basically proven himself time and time again to be bad at talent evaluation true. and roster construction. Well, I don't know. I think he played it right in Cleveland. I think. Do you think he's nefarious enough where he'd be like, "Yo, um, you know, we're sitting in a dark room, like plotting an evil scheme to ruin Cleveland's cap space and help out the Lakers." Like, do you think he was nefarious enough to do that? I, I want to think that he thinks things ahead that far just because, like, LeBron James is, like, basically a superhero to me, more or less, you yeah, know? Same. And so I, I kind of want to believe that that is true, but I don't know if it is 100%. It would be amazing if it was, though, if yeah. he if he and, you know, Clutch Sports and Rob Palinka had been in contact and be like, look, we're, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah. I'm going to get this team to the finals. We're not going to beat the Warriors. Uh, so... Uh, we're going to take on this cap for you. Yep. I feel like, it, I feel like that happened though. Like, Cause that, it's set up so perfectly to get off that Clarkson contract. Nance is fine, but getting off his contract, like it was definitely a, a almost like a win double lose um, to lose LeBron and then take on the bad money. Like their cap space is totally screwed the Cavs now. Um, so another thing that uh, just happened while we were on this podcast. Well, like, just with the Lakers really quick. Like, I yeah, think yeah. the plan is just to, like, they're not – they're whiffing this year hard. I think missing out on Paul George was a stunner. So, I think they're just pretty much going to hold on for a year and then go after Kawhi next yeah, year. Yeah, I don't think they – they didn't Kyrie. see that coming with with him at all. They didn't see that coming yeah, with Paul George. They didn't. Yeah, I think that was the plan. It's like, all right, we'll get George. And if this didn't happen, it's like, okay, cool. We missed this year. There's so many guys coming on the books next year, off the books next year. So, like, you know, sit tight. Maybe we have a magical season, but um, I think we're going to make – like Magic said, like whether it's this year or next year, um, this team's going to be sick. So I think I think he's right. I think he's, the Lakers going to be really good in two years. So would you – you would not trade the, what the Spurs are offering to get Kawhi? I don't think so. I mean, for what they want. Like if it's if, – maybe if it's just like Ingram and a first or second round pick, sure. Doesn't mean you're not going to be able to afford him anyways. But um, – as far as like unloading your roster, yeah, I don't think it's worth it. Like, the Spurs are, are gonna. I don't think anyone's gonna be able to retain Cole. Like, the the fear is what happened with Paul George. Obviously, like, okay, maybe right. he gets away, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Just um, while we were on this podcast, like last like three or four hours, odds got posted uh, or odds got updated for where Kawhi will play this next yeah. year, and the Raptors moved to even money. I saw that. Uh, what, what, what is play in Toronto, man? Long yeah, time. what is that about? Like, what what package would they offer that the Spurs would want, and why would they? I I don't understand that. From a, I guess it just because the Eastern Conference is so wide open that they they think okay, we get to the finals and lose to the Warriors with Kawhi. Dude, I said this before. Nobody knows what the Spurs are doing. Like, we saw Phoenix come up there for the odds of getting Kawhi. Like, and this year was by far probably like as far as reporting goes, like. Well, just the man, but like he missed on the Kawhi news like three times. Like he was like, "Oh, Kawhi's playing this day." Nope. Oh, Kawhi's playing this way. Nope. Like no one has a pulse in this team. Um, that's by design. So Kawhi, Kawhi ran away from the Spurs people. That's the yeah. wild. That's the wildest NBA story I've heard in a yeah, long time. Yeah, like 
like just more details on that. Like he was working out in New York and the Spurs front office people went out there and like his people like pulled him away. Wow, dude. That's that's the MC. This is why. This is also another reason why the NBA is totally the sport of the future. Is if there there nothing like this happens in the NFL, and if it did, the player would just get cut. The way the contracts work, yeah, you, sure. You, you just get cut if you if you behave this way as an NFL player, you you would be employed by a different team by the end of the yeah. week. Like NBA off season better than like any regular season. It's not even NBA off season better than regular NBA season, man. The NBA off season is my second favorite sport behind uh, professional European soccer, easily. Nice. Yeah, that's insane, dude. Like, like I, I definitely watch the NBA casually. Like, I probably watch three, four games a week. I would guess. I always watch the TNT games. I have League Pass, but I don't watch it every night. But NBA offseason, I'm listening to the Dunked On podcast every day. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm there for the draft. I'm there for all of it. July 1st is a you know national holiday. Yep. Oh, for sure, man. Burning trends nine o'clock my time. Oh, by the way, quickly, um, East Coast people, man, you gotta stay up late this year. All the good games are late. Oh, it's all Western Conference. Eastern Conference yeah. is Eastern Conference basketball so bad. Yeah. What is it? Ten of sixteen last All NBA players are in the Western. I think maybe more. I think it's like eleven or twelve. It's insane how skewed it is. Like it's pretty much Giannis, Kyrie, and like Paul Depot. Like that's it. Jason Tatum. True. Tatum. That's what if, uh. Kyrie, that's what if Kyrie leaves too. What if Kyrie leaves that next year? Kyrie apparently wants to leave. Yeah, Knicks or something. But he may go. What? Maybe I'm. He may go to the Lakers, man. That's actually that's actually my prediction. By the way, is that Kevin Durant goes to the Knicks after this Warriors contract is done? Yeah, I think that's a good to get him a, a, his own title team. Two well, two years from now, they'll have all those bad contracts off the books. Basically, yeah. they'll have they'll have no bad money. The Noah stretch will be done, uh, so it, it'll just be Porzingis and Durant basically, and then they can kind of just go from there. Provided they, hard away off there, that he's got what three more. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but yeah. he'll be an expiring. Now, what they should do is the Kings just missed on Zach Levine. Just trade Hardaway Jr. to the cow space. Like that's what that's would what the, King, would the Kings on. even do that. Maybe, man. They're the Kings. Never know. The Kings should move to Seattle and be owned by new people. Uh, they're starting to do better, man. Like they're done with their whole European wave thing. Like I think Giles is going to be a good pick. I hate the Bagley pick though. Yeah, he, he seems like the classic Marvin Williams guy who will just never have a position and never really work out. Yeah, I don't. He wants to play the three. He wants to play the five. He cannot like Ryan McDonough for the Suns. He's like, yo, he's got a straight four. And um, yeah, it looks like for how good Wendell Carter Jr. looked to Grant talk someone. He's a ridiculous. Yeah, player. let's let's end this with some prospect talk before okay, cool. you have to go get to get cool. to. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is insane. Like I've never been so impressed by one of the big man almost ever, man. Besides Roy Cat. That's the only other guy that comes to mind. I was like, yo, this guy's legit. And, um, yeah, I, I'm blown away, man. Like how, he looks like he's been playing for 10 years. Like, he just knows the game so well. Passing on doubles, screening, rebounding superbly well, blocking shots, even the fouls were relatively down. Like, it's just insane. Are you in Are you in on Doncic as much as all NBA nerds are in on Doncic? I don't know Doncic that well, but from what I've seen, I'm absolutely in on him, man. I'm so in on Doncic. I'm, gonna, I'm buying like a like a Real Madrid EuroLeague Doncic jersey. Nice. I'm going to rep it. I, I'm, I'm huge on that guy. He's like he's like Rubio with like, like not not Rubio the player, but Rubio the prospect. Kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. 
just with a little bit better shooting stroke, I feel like. Yeah, I think he can, he can – he's crafty as hell, man. He can't pass – Rubio's a superb passer, but Doncic is – like hard, man. Like, again, overweight, yeah. but just so crafty. and Does whatever he wants. And like I said before, like his ability to get guys off balance more than makes up for his lack of speed. So, um, yeah, he's he, – from what I've seen, he looks so legit. Like, I think the Hawks – and I, I think the Hawks are on the right track. But um, I hate what they did. Yeah, giving up that extra pick to get, like, a combo guard who is yeah. going to shoot 37%. Like, it's top five. Like, a non, like say they picks eighth or ninth. Like, I would much rather have Doncic than whoever they get at eighth or ninth. Yeah. This is actually – actually, because I know this is so near and dear to your heart, this is the last thing we'll do. 76ers – Obviously, like a kind of insane last 12 months for the process, made the playoffs, but the Fultz thing and the Colangelo thing. What is the next step for the 76ers for the process for Fultz? Give me, give me your 76ers prognosis. I think Fultz, I'm buying the Fultz talk, man. I really am. Um, okay. I believe in Drew Hanlon, like I said earlier. But the way their roster's put together, it's kind of tough, man. Like it feels like they need to do what the Celtics did. Yeah. You know? Gather up your assets and and like in, like for fantasy, like you make those your rosters too deep in fantasy and you want to make ad drops and you want to cut as a guy on the waiver wire like you gotta make a three for one. So I think that's kind of where they're at. Um, and I think picking up that twenty twenty one pick is going to probably help facilitate that um, with the Mikkel Bridges Zaire Smith deal. So uh, they gotta make a trade, man. Like the way they are, they're just too deep. Like they have like probably. Uh, and Wilson Chandler as well, they're expiring. If, if Kawhi wasn't saying, you know, I'm going to L.A., they, they, I think they would have already made the trade. I think so, too. And even if it's not, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would give up false, but it's worth it, though, I think. If you could maybe, like, I don't know, you obviously need to do some research. And plus I, think it's, I think it's worth giving up Fultz and a pick. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, yeah, to the chances it. of keeping Kawhi and Fultz being, like, a, a star – they're probably pretty similar, right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, it makes sense. They need another defensive lane. If they kind of struggled on the perimeter times when they weren't playing well, um, they did. They need another guy who can shoot, um, like, that can play defense as well, like, unlike Bellinelli or Elisova. So, um, yeah, I think that's what they got to do is whether it be Hawaii or whatever it is. But the way they are put together, I mean, sure, they're going to compete now, but they're not going to be um, in the Warriors class. And I think – you're probably a legit shot. Like, where would you put them, the odds to make it out of the East for them? Like, second or third? I would say, I would say second behind the Celtics. But like, I think there are, people are not giving this. Like, the Celtics could totally be a dumpster fire if Kyrie starts, you know, being moody and wants out. Yeah. And Hayward and Tatum and Brown, like, you know, they all need minutes, and they're not going to do anything with Rozier. And Rozier was their hero in the playoffs, and now he's their fourth guard. Like, they're like, there are definitely real problems with like obviously you would love to have a roster one through 15 all guys positive value contracts who can play but the issue you have with that is you can't play 15 guys in the nba yeah and so that that just causes that just does cause some problems inherently like like marcus like marcus morris is is with hayward tatum and brown like what he'll play five minutes a night like he won't even be in the rotation he played yeah, well. He, he shocked me last year. I thought it was a bad pickup, but that was actually yeah. an amazing pickup. Yeah, and like he's he's and that that basically I'm not going to see him in a Celtics jersey until someone gets hurt now. 
Yeah, it's pretty insane. And that's another thing too. Like their roster construction is like great for baseball, but it's not great for basketball. They should they should trade Horford, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's too valuable for what they do. I just think I think that if you you pack like just say if you did want to move for a star, Horford, one of the young guys, and a pick is the trade to do. Like if say for example Anthony Davis, that's, that's okay. Then yeah, okay. If it's for Davis, then yeah, sure. But if it's not for Davis, then yeah. Any okay. So I guess like, anyone other than Anthony Davis, yeah. I would I, trade. I would trade pretty much anything for Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like except for except for if you take Tatum off. Anything, like literally anything. Yeah. Like yeah. first round picks, whatever. If like, Anthony Davis is like the future, we haven't talked about him at all, but he's so damn good, man. That's a good. I think, that's I think, a good. I think, I think the Cavs are. Or, I'm sorry, the the Warriors would be after him too, like with Clay or something. So, oh, of course, of course, they'll be after him. They'll they'll sniff crazy. around. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's a good place. That's a good place to end it. Uh, yeah. You you got to be off to write blurbs we for the summer. Talk for a little bit more. Yeah, we can hang for a little bit more. If you want to tip me up for the other stuff. Let's see. I don't know. I think I think we went through everything. You trivia for me? Did you oh yeah. No. Let's let's do this. I because I don't. I've listened to you on pods for a while, and I don't. I don't know all that much about how you got into the NBA, how you got to Roto World, how this job, you know, how how you fell in love with basketball. So let's hear that. Yeah, so I've been a basketball fan since I can remember, man. I remember when I was like, I don't know, five or six, and my first basketball coach, he's like, put both thumbs in the same banana and shoot it, and it always stuck with me. Um, but yeah, I've just been obsessed with the NBA and tennis. I played a lot of tennis. But yeah, man, like, um, when I started writing, I just was like, one day, I was like, I moved to Arizona, didn't really have a lot of friends out here, and I was just like, all right, you just do something, uh, just start writing. So I was like, all right, I'll start writing, find whoever would take my stuff. And just started writing, 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 and eventually, like Dr. A. Steve Alexander, caught my articles. Um, I met him through a mock draft. Like I, I was like, "Hey, Steve, did you go on for a mock draft?" This was like seven years ago, eight years ago. And yeah, so I made a connection, and he just started reading my stuff. And one day, out of the blue, I got an email from him. I was like, "Hey, I want to bring you on for Roto World," and that's that. I was like, yep. Thought about it. I was actually um, getting a pharmacy. Um, I had a bachelor's in biology and I was like, all right, I was going to go to graduate school and it's like, oh, nope, drop it. So that's, I've been writing about it since going on like five, six, five, six years now. So pretty cool. Yeah, that is really cool. That's, that's a, I guarantee you most people who write about fantasy sports don't have anything as solid to fall back on as a bachelor's in biology. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I would never do like I, my friends who went to, went to pharmacy school, like I saw some of the stuff that they went through for grad school. Like, you know, I can't remember a thing for OCHEM. I can't, I, all of it's just like, it's like Spanish. Like I spoke Spanish pretty well in my high school days. Now I can't remember. I can barely speak it. Yeah, it's nothing. Kind of use it or lose it kind of thing. Yeah. So going back to school would be almost impossible for me. I want to go back to school for like computer programming. Anyone who's listening who's young. Like, that's that's I, totally what I would do too. I, I hate myself. I wish I had majored in computer programming. Like if I had done that, I probably I would like to think I'd be working at a front office for an NBA team. Yeah, pro, like anytime I I have definitely looked into like scouting jobs and like just like anytime there is a listing from uh, an NBA or an NFL team, I've looked at it and it's all like hundred percent of the time it's been like you need to have explicit knowledge of like R and like different coding languages and like yeah, SQL and yeah. That's not me. Wish yeah. it was, but it's not. Yeah, I, I always look into it, but I haven't. I, every year I'm like, yo, I want to learn something new. 
And I always say I want to learn like SQL and stuff, and I never do it. But like instead, I like learn how to like make gifts and edit stuff. And there is uh there is like legit like coding boot camps you can go to. Like not yeah. you go you go nine to five for like three months and you come out and you're like ready to go. I should totally do that. Yeah, like I. You could. You could legitimately go during August, come out, and be a whole new man by the time the season started. I may do that. That'd be pretty cool. I've always been. It's like my ex girlfriend, like her, her young, much younger sister, was going to school, and she's like in sports. I was like, yeah, definitely major computer program. Like if you don't yeah. like it, okay, then sure, obviously don't do that. But like, easy. Knowing computers, and like this is obviously late. Like if you had known this at like 2002 pretty much everyone i knew who was in computers in like 2000 2000 2004 like they're all doted up like just because they picked it right like they picked the right field yeah they hit the they hit the wave at the right time for sure yeah it's kind of like hanky man you gotta no one's giving up first round picks anymore and hanky picked them up like they were giving away for free yeah i mean that's that's the biggest the biggest key in life is just this this is some good advice for anyone if you see a potential edge if you see a 5% chance of something that you're good at or knowledgeable about becoming like a capital T thing, you should just go all in on that. And actually one thing I'll add to that too is I, like I said, I love baseball, football and basketball. And like, I was like, Oh, should I write about football? I was like, eh, everyone's writing about football. Everyone writes about football. So I was like, all right, I'm going to write it. And that's why I decided to write about basketball. I was like, all right, I'm going to write about basketball. And like I wrote football sometimes, but like that's how kind of how I got going for basketball. I was like, all right, cool. Cause I love, I love, I seriously love all three of those sports equally. Yeah. And like I had season tickets for the Jets for like 14 years. I was obsessed with football. But um, yeah, just the way, like I said, more supply demand. So like you said, that's perfectly way to say it. Like find out what is what your niche is and just kind of go for it. Like I saw, I saw the edge in just like analytical football content. You know, like eight years ago or whatever. Like football in terms of like looking at numbers instead of just like opinions. And that was like, that was like my thing as I just, I yeah. was like, I'm going to go all in on this for like, for sure. Yeah. You, you beat it too, man. Just it's recognizing what needs to, what needs more coverage. Well, yeah. like I would say there's not even anything that special about me compared to someone who has 800 Twitter followers and fan in like the fantasy yeah. Twitter. But like, I just got there first and I, I, Same. and I never, and also, you just never quit. If you like, I took I took you know eight months off from being in fantasy or whatever because I like got a real job. Um, but like, I just now I just decided I need to do this just because it's fun. Like, I, I yeah. can't I can't imagine a world where I don't I'm not talking about sports in some semi professional yeah. way. And you got to be competitive about it too. Like, yeah, I always want to say I want to know more about the NBA than everyone. Like, I read every single story yeah. that I can. So I like. All right, you think you know more about the NBA than me? Like, all right, and I can. That's a, one guy we're training too. I was like, dude, you gotta be able to read as much as you can. Like, when you get home from work, like your way to wind down or whatever you're doing is just like relax and soak up stuff. Yeah, like it's crazy. For sports, you have to know everything um, that you want to cover as well as you should. So, but yeah, you gotta love it. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I want to do it for you love it for fun. Like, and like it's kind of crazy. This one other thing too. Like, people, how do you feel about the whole like? working for a free thing. So I did it when I started, but I don't, I would not recommend people do it. I do and don't like, it's, if, it's a very hard thing. To you say. need to have a job though, but like you're, you're pretty much gonna have to sacrifice fun. And like, actually when I first started writing for free, like my girlfriend hated me at the time. 
Like she was like, like, oh, let's go out on Friday. Like, nah, NBA's on. I'm gonna write about it and watch the games. And like, she hated me for it. Like, that's ultimately why we broke up. But um, but yeah, you because you gotta like, unless your parents are rich or something, like you can't. Like I worked, I would work all day, and I would just like start writing because it was fun to me, and like I really cared about it, and it was interesting. You know, it was something new at the time, and I got something out of it. Like it was cool. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm down. Like another thing too, I want to say is like my writing, like seven eight years ago, is crap compared to what it is. Now. Compared, yeah, you because yeah, you, like you learn practice. on the job, you evolve. Yeah, exactly. So that's also why I think just practices everything. So like if you're gonna write for free, make sure you get something out of it. And it's just for you if you're on your own site, even just like starting your own site, worst case, and just like build from there. Yeah, that I mean that's what I did. I started I started my own site in 2012. That was that was how I got started. Yeah. No one was paying me to do that. Yep. That's it, man. Just uh, just practice, practice, practice. If anyone wants to get into this field, it's definitely a tough, tough nut to crack. But if you don't even, I don't even. If you outwork everyone, you're gonna get in. Like if you like, even if you're, if you love it and you will outwork anyone, if you spend two, three, four years in it, like I guarantee you, you'll get some interest from some people. Yeah, that is that is true. I I don't even know where I would begin if I wanted to start now. It just would seem exhausting. The the yeah. answer would just be to work smarter than everyone else. It's true. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah. You could just start at like even just here and there, like the, like SB Nation. I worked with SB Nation for a little bit. They were pretty cool. But, I used um, to I used to post my like blogs that I would write for free on SB Nation fan sites. Yeah, like yep. if you if you if you went on a real deep dive of me across the internet, you would like I would post my articles on forums. Like it, it's 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 a grind, but like yeah, you that's like how that's though, how you yeah. got to do it though. That's how you grow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Good positive note to end on. Yeah, for sure. Everyone, uh, Mike, tell people where they can find all of your work, man. I'm at uh, rotorworld.com. I do the NBA site. I'm mostly a blurb guy. So if you read a, a blurb that's really based on stats, it's probably me writing it or rotation. Um, definitely check out the Rotor World blurbs. Um, Mike S. Gallagher on Twitter. I'm on there pretty much all the time. And I do the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, which is doing pretty well. So if you're into fantasy, DFS, or even just overall, we try to just get as much news out there for you guys to listen and um, become better fans and better fantasy players. Boom. Everyone follow him, check him out, listen to the Roto World pod, and uh, I will be back uh, sometime next week.